Hello and welcome to the Get Spanish Football News Show. My name's Tommy Hay and I'm joined here in Madrid by the editor-in-chief of GSFN, Kieran Quayle. You had a busy week, Kieran? Yeah, away from all the stuff that's happening in America, we've had some football to give us a nice escape. Um, plenty happening this week, really, between Champions League, even a transfer thrown in there as well in La Liga. How have you been getting on? Yeah, good. It was difficult to think about football at the end of last or this week. It still kind of is in a way because turn on the TV and it's all been dominated by that. But mm. it's important to get some football in there. I think the Champions League helped, you know, because just to take your mind off everything. And it was a good week for Spanish teams. Uh, don't really know where to start with this, I suppose. Yesterday, Real Sociedad won 1-0 against uh, AZ Alkmaar. 1-0 going on about 10. They had 28 shots on goal to AZ's uh, 4 Nine shots on target. David Silva was unreal. How good has he been for, for Sociedad so far? Yeah, brilliant. Like They had a good season last year. Maybe didn't finish as well as they would have wanted to. But him coming in definitely brings some nice experience. And he's still a very, very good player. Even yeah. even in his, in his 30s now, after a long period at Man City, he'll still have plenty to offer. And he's shown it like he's started really well for them. Yeah, one of the predictions I've, I think it's probably the first prediction I've got right on on this show was when I, was when I told people to watch uh, Sociedad against Delta at the weekend, and uh, it actually came off because they were unreal, and so was he. And it's just one of these things like you see Silva playing, and he kind of makes everybody around them better. Uh, they just fire the ball at him, and he he never miscontrols it. He never seems to miscontrol it, and they know that they can that they can that they can do that with him, and that it's gonna that it's gonna pay off. So. Uh, he was absolutely fantastic against Celta. Good again the other night. Real Sociedad are looking good as well, top of the table. Yeah, another 4-1 victory for them as well. Like The table hasn't really taken shape yet, but they're top and they deserve to be there. Like 18 goals scored, only four conceded, so a goal difference of plus 14. And They're definitely looking good, but obviously still a long, long way to go. Yeah, that's it. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the La Liga table and, and fixtures later in the show. Uh, back to midweek results Real, good win for them against Maccabi Tel Aviv 4-0 did you see the rain in Castellon last night yeah it was incredible fair play to the lads up there for getting the pitch sorted yeah because like at 9 o'clock it didn't look like it was going ahead and then they pushed the kickoff time out to 9.30 and then it eventually started at 10 o'clock but the before and after shots are amazing on the on the Real uh, Twitter page if you want to go and check them out because mm. for Spain there was an awful lot of rain on the pitch last night but uh, they got the win anyway and they're going good as well like Real Sociedad they're going good on the domestic front and the European front yeah that's it uh, that game yesterday was sort of the kind of two guys that you weren't really sure how their seasons were going to go uh, when we started off Kubo and Carlos Baca so Kubo we were talking about him a few months ago just about if he was going to get a game under uh, under Emery because it looked like he wasn't in his plans kind of thing but he looks like he's really come into it he played absolutely brilliantly the other night he had an amazing assist uh, for I think it was their third goal and uh, Carlos Baca got, got two goals and an assist himself so these are guys that Baca dropped off the radar for a little bit and he looks like he's going to be a, forming an interesting partnership with Kubo if Emery continues to play Kubo in the league which is the big question isn't it? Yeah I think Emery's he's basically shown his league team and his Europa League team isn't yeah. he? Like he's got Kubo starting every week in the Europa League and he's he's lighting that up because he's a he's a great player and then obviously Baca um isn't starting the league games but he's scoring in Europe so I think he's able to to rotate quite well there because he's got a decent squad Emery, Villarreal are third in the league as well, so I think he'll be he'll be happy out with how things are going so far and I don't think people are just gonna be questioning his rotation because 
it's coming off. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, win for the Granada, 2 0 away. And Omoni, is that how you pronounce it? Omoni, I mean, it's, it, it sounds like it makes me think of uh, <laughs> urine <laughs> when I hear it. But yeah, it's, uh, they, they managed to get a good 2 0 win away. Their European campaigns got off to a flyer and they're doing not bad in the league either. So it's reminiscent of last season. Yeah, good another good performance for a Spanish side again. And Granada would be the smallest club of the 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 three in the Europa League and flying like seven points from their their first three games as well. So it's looking good for them because PSV they lost last night, so that would have been, you know, one of the stronger teams there. So that was a also a good result for for Granada, but yeah, like again, great week for Spanish teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have a good record in Europe, especially the Europa League with Sevilla. But in the group phases so far, it's it's been brilliant. Yeah, I think that was the game of the week, arguably. Uh, midweek was was Sevilla. Krasnodar looked like they completely blown it, mm-hmm. and they just had an amazing comeback. Um, they're they're really hard to call this season because it looked like they'd made a, an amazing start and they've just gone off the boil domestically in Europe they look like they're, they're doing okay they've won over Rennes and they managed to turn that around the other night um, I thought that was the game of the week I thought when they were 2-0 down it was like Sevilla want to play in the Europa League they want to get themselves <laughs> knocked out of the Champions League so they can go back into the Europa League Comfort and zone. win it for the seventh time in 15 years mm-hmm. but um, yeah brilliant comeback and they were down to 10 men as well because Jesus Navas I think it was his first ever red card yeah I was career. thinking that like, has yeah. he ever been sent off uh, before because yeah. it was it was unlucky wasn't it last man and, and stuff so yeah. it was kind of because he's too quick to ever be involved in challenges <laughs> so it. he just like flies by people and um then has since obviously turned into a right back, so he, he's he's more involved in tackling and stuff now. But they were two one down. He got sent off, and then two goals in three minutes from Naziri, mm. um, won the game for them. So they're they're joint top of that group with Chelsea on seven points. Mm. And yeah, well, an interesting one. Good, 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 um, good start for them. Yeah, seven they, points from three. Definitely shaping up well. Uh, Atletico didn't manage to get a win. One one. One more draw, and it was kind of. It could have gone either way. This game, they got quite a lot of quite a lot of chances again. Yeah. Felix had another good game, but he's he sometimes lacks just that sort of clinical touch at the end. You you know you'll you'll probably eventually get it. You know I think when he starts he'll really get going. But I think just play for play, I thought he was he was very good, but just not the night that Atletico were hoping of, hoping for. It wasn't a loss though. Yeah, I think like prior to the game, Joe Felix was coming into the game with back-to-back braces um, mm. against Osasuna and Salzburg so he, he's he's been brilliant over the last fortnight and obviously serious pressure on him again this season because it's his second season and everybody's expecting him to hit the heights and yeah like he's had a really really good start to the season but he's still not he's not an out-and-out striker either so I think we probably also have to be kind of wary of that that like he's not their number nine he's their kind of playmaker in the whole and plays plays wide as well so he's expected to score goals he's expected to create goals but he's also expected to link up and be the kind of player between the lines mm. creating stuff so I think he will improve and he has improved already this season mm. he's going to he's going to get into um, bigger numbers and, and, and he'll score more goals for sure yeah. So it's just uh, just about being patient with him but when you've got a 120 million price tag above your head it's Every week is kind of like, okay, here we go. You need to score. Yeah, that's it. I'm kind of getting the feeling though this season he's he's just sort of assumed that and taken it on. And in, in the first 
the first season with them it was it was obviously the, the famous words Simeone saying it was a season of transition and, and all the rest of it uh, and I think Felix got sort of caught up in all that and didn't really didn't really find his place in the team but he looks far more comfortable now and uh, I think the slowly but surely that price tag's beginning to sort of fade away as like a, an issue that's hanging over his head so yeah. we'll see how that kind of manifests itself in, in the league um, because there's, there's indications that they are going to be doing better again we'll talk about that later uh, on to the big two now I suppose it's best to start with uh, Real Madrid um, again I would say this would have been a must win game for them because just of how they've started one point from a possible six in the Champions League you get into Milan coming to uh, to, to Valdebebas and that's a team that can that can really put a few past you yeah. and uh, this one turned out pretty well 3-2 win yeah very very important win uh, they're second in the group on four points so like yeah it was do or die really mm. um, a terrible result for Inter because they also had to win they're bottom now as well yeah so yeah like, like Zidane called it a final you've got it's, to be in your bonnet about it's, this. <laughs> it's a group stage Champions League match now it was a big game but he also called the Wesca game at the weekend the league match which they won 4-1 he called it a final as well so every game's a final for Zidane but it feels like he's adding pressure to his own role and to his players by calling all these games finals what, what do you make of it? I think he's saying things to be as boring as possible mm-hmm. I, I, again I wrote, wrote the article about this um, a few weeks back just, just about how he deals with, with these kind of things these public appearances it's funny because he doesn't look he looks comfortable he's not like Bielsa which you can just tell he probably hates every moment of being out in front of the camera giving press conferences and Bielsa has six coffees in him yeah so he's so anxious he's twitching yeah. he's twitching yeah or Guardiola Guardiola looks uneasy he doesn't like doing these things and he said it before he really doesn't like it yeah. Zidane is always smiling and things like that but what he comes out with is just mind-numbingly boring mm. um, and again the, the it does frustrate you a little bit when he says that this game's a final I understand that as a Real Madrid coach you, you do need to win every game you yeah. do but to just come out and say that all the time it's almost almost cheapens the the expression doesn't it yeah because imagine you're the Wesker boss yeah you're taking that as a compliment yeah okay Zidane's calling this a final yeah. okay obviously they're not reading into it like that but yeah Wesker's um, that was only Wesker's second ever visit to Madrid yeah and Zidane's labelling it as yeah. a final so yeah it's a I don't know. Just but, lip service. Just lip service. They won the game. It was a great game. Um, Inter had some really good chances to get back into it. Mm. Didn't. Um, Zidane started Hazard, Benzema and Asensio for the second game running. Uh, that's his favourite front three. Um, and he wants to get them to kind of find form together and, and get them kicking on really because Asensio was that injured last year as was Hazard. Hazard's just come back in and those are the two guys that he wants to play alongside Benzema. It's, it's pretty obvious, but it's actually the subs that changed the game with uh, Rodrigo coming on and Vinicius coming on, and they linked up for Rodrigo to bury it, and and that was um, that goal. put the game to bed then, yeah, for for Madrid. So good performance. Um, Hakimi made his return to Madrid, and he he made a mess of the first one for Benzema's goal, which I kind of felt sorry for him because he's a he's a young kid and he's coming back into Madrid with some pressure to kind of perform against his old team even though they all know he's a quality player mm. um, but yeah like it was Madrid are you know Champions League winners uh, 13 times so mm. like they have to make it to the last 16 at least That's people are expecting them to compete every year so it would have been a disaster if yeah. they lost that game because I don't think Zidane would have got sacked 
but it would have been crisis. Yeah, it would have been. And the thing is, we've seen Inter in the Europa League and stuff over the last few years, like Real Madrid playing in the Europa League or, or even worse, crashing out completely. That's it's it's almost unthinkable, really. It is. Sort of thing in, uh, yeah. in that situation. Yeah. Did we see again that Madrid are reliant on, on Ramos to, to dig them out of holes at times? He had a very good game and he, he scored a pretty significant goal as well. Yeah, and. I was speaking. I was speaking. Sorry, I was listening to an interview with uh, Paco Jemez, the ex Real manager, and he was saying that Ramos is more important to Madrid than Messi is to Barcelona. Hmm. It kind of it makes you think. Like I, both of them are are massive players and huge pedigrees, both in their thirties, the captains of the two biggest clubs in the world. So obviously, like they've got something about them, and I I do I take Jemez's point because. Ramos steps up every time mm. and he, Ramos was asked the other day um, when he was speaking about scoring his 100 goal he was asked for his top 5 goals ever mm. and he was like that's like asking me who's my favourite child <laughs> it's like it's, it's very very difficult to answer that question but it has to be the goal against Atletico Madrid in the 2014 final 100% yeah, yeah. like it was 1-0 to Atletico corner comes in 94th minute Ramos heads it and it goes to extra time and he was saying that that was his favourite goal but like he's always there you just expect them but to score 100 goals for Madrid like he enters a list of 22 players who have mm. done it but he's a centre back yeah like, doing it from the back is unbelievable because like Iero obviously had a very good scoring record mm. but he, he wasn't always a centre back he yeah. played, played more advanced positions and stuff but Ramos has always been a defender yeah and he scored 55 of those 100 with, with his head yeah. and a lot of penalties in there as well but yeah. you have to score penalties yeah. I mean if he was missing those penalties earlier on he wouldn't be on penalty, so it'd be Benzema maybe. So, like he just he just has that belief. He has that strength, his mentality. You know, he's just such a winner, mm. and it says it all. Every time you see him scoring a penalty, like look how composed, relaxed he is. He's mm. just got a serious winning mentality, and that's why he's the captain. That's why he's so successful for Spain as well. Like, yeah. so yeah, he's um his contract expires in twenty twenty one, in June twenty twenty one. So Madrid are looking to to get him on a new deal because of coronavirus it looks like it's not going to be um, higher wages but they might actually they might offer him a two year deal and break their one year policy for over 30 year olds right. because he's like club legend yeah. you know it's Ramos he's 34 but supposedly he wants to play until he's 38 yeah. because he's flying fit and loves the club and you can't see him leaving like he's been linked this week with a move to Juventus but he's not going to leave Real Madrid I was going to ask you about that like, is there anything in those Juve rumours no I don't, I don't I don't see it like obviously he's going to be linked because he's one of the, still one of the best defenders in Europe yeah it's very hard to find good defenders mm. and I think defenders are now being bought for money that was previously only paid for for strikers particularly fullbacks I would say yeah um, they are the new strikers aren't they yeah you look at Guardiola we said how much he spent on I've actually lost track of the number how much he spent on fullbacks yeah. but that seems to be the priority now so yeah it's yeah. difficult yeah. teams, are, teams are, are spending big money so yeah he might get a, a two year deal um, El Larguero of Cadena Ser they're saying that it's a two year deal with no wage increase mm. for Amos I'm sure he's on pretty good money as it is yeah I give him a pack of Wingham and he'll be he'll be the, the, <laughs> yeah. the clincher but the financial situation has basically slowed everything down that's why the contract's taken a while to be signed but I think we can expect it to happen yeah soon enough yeah and anybody that's trying to cover it needs to kind of you've got to adapt your thinking to that to what the new reality is what the new situation is so mm-hmm. yeah well good night for Madrid 
was it a good night for Barcelona? Now Barcelona won against Dynamo mm. Moscow, but you get the feeling it wasn't the most fun night for for Barcelona fans or for the team just from the body language, from decorations after the game, from the way that everybody seems to be feeling there. What did you make of this game first of all? Yeah, it was it was real end to end. Like for for a neutral, it was a brilliant game because both keepers were brilliant. It could have been five all. Like Stegen came back into the starting eleven for Barca and showed how important he is, especially after Neto at the weekend against Alaves. Um, he made a mess of of a back pass from Pique and Alaves scored from it. Um, so Barca will be delighted to have Pique back in. Mm. Sorry, Stegen. Stegen back. Um, as well, obviously, but. Koeman started Frankie de Jong at centre-back with Pique um, left Longley out now I've seen that Longley was, wasn't fully fit but they brought him on so I'm not sure how true that is and if Koeman just doesn't fancy Longley and he's obviously a big admirer of oh, Frankie lo- de Jong loved the young yeah but it was it was it was kind of nice to watch um, their style playing Frankie de Jong as a centre-back because every time Pique got at the ball Pique was playing right centre-back he gave it to Frankie de Jong and then he'd run into the space that was left in, in the Kiev half and basically become like another midfielder and then Piquet closed it in um, with the two fullbacks moving in as well so it became kind of a back three with the young, with the young pushing forward but Kiev are really good like considering that so many players out for for testing positive for coronavirus it was like a Kiev B team um, they were in the game a lot and kind of there was lots of holes in the back four bars as well and mm. maybe maybe Koeman got it wrong by, by playing De Jong there at centre back but yeah they, they, they can count themselves lucky but then they would argue that they had lots of chances themselves and that the Kiev keeper was just outstanding you making his second young guy as well yeah. 18 years old yeah only 18 that was only his second ever game for Kiev because of these boys testing positive for coronavirus yeah. he played a league game at the weekend and then played against Barcelona but a couple of saves like a messy free kick top corner yeah. and he saved it so the Barca Barca would argue that you know they, they could have scored five but they, they need to they need to tighten it up at the back like they were all over the place yeah that's it quite a good uh, shop window for for Dynamo Kiev players in the past uh, the, the camp now that's where Shevchenko Shevchenko's got a hat-trick there yeah. I don't know what year it was it was Van Gaal's team 4-0 win for Kiev yeah he's, and he was yeah. young as well like maybe yeah. 18, 19 so yeah it's also uh, they're not a bogey team as such because you know they, they won the game and stuff but yeah. uh, I mean goalkeepers have that sort of game once in a decade yeah. so like he's on his second ever game for Kiev he's arguably had the best game of his life yeah yeah so uh, he he'll be looked at now maybe by, by a few different clubs yeah um, but yeah P- PK spoke after the game and he, he just said that we started well we could have scored a couple of goals but then we kind of lost control of the game that's what happened Kiev were in the game for most part of it um, and then he also spoke about the defensive problem saying that um, there were moments when the pressure on the ball wasn't the best because we were basically all over the shop um, and they weren't they weren't pressing Kiev uh, but yeah they're struggling in La Liga they've only got 8 points from a possible 18 yeah. uh, they're, they're sitting in 12th so yeah you know, they've won three games in a row in the Champions League. Yeah, which is... But they haven't been at their best. Which isn't too bad. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about PK because he also got himself a goal. I think he had a, a, an alright match as well. And Barcelona, senior Barcelona players have been criticised of late for not showing face after after the games, particularly when it's a, when it's a bad result. Mm-hmm. You know, after the classical loss, they sent out poor Sergio Dest, who couldn't even... who couldn't speak Spanish yeah. to, to, face, to face the press and things like that. So... Um, 
that's the, the the senior players by contrast tend to sort of run away after these things and disappear. Yeah. BK came out after it was a pretty laboured performance by Barcelona, and he came out and he he basically said that we're almost in a sort of transitional period uh, at the club. Yeah. Do you think he's right in, in, in saying that? Is that? Do you think it's a legitimate excuse? Because yeah. we doubted Simeone last it's year the, when he was saying that. Yeah, it's the least he could say, isn't it? Like, yeah. If the club's in a mess. Yeah. On and off the pitch. Because there was a bit of substance to it when Simeone said it last season. Yeah. But what I like about Pika is he is honest, but I think it's like the least he can say. Yeah. We're going through a transitional change. They're going through a change at board level. Mm. They're going through a change on the pitch. They're, they've been changing their manager Valverde, Setien, Koeman so it's, it's, it's all change mm-hmm. at Barcelona and it looks like there's going to be no stability until a new board comes in until Koeman can actually get his team together playing well maybe he, he won't get that chance yeah. Setien only lasted 7 months maybe Koeman's only going to last 7 months so a transition is the least you can say about the whole thing like it's it's all over the shop really and he said yeah Pico said it's it's a process of many changes. It's something I think that we needed. Uh, it was obvious we were going in the wrong direction and every year it became worse. Mm. But it's still like, there's there's still so far to go. Yeah. Um, there's talk of Man City possibly offering Messi a pre-contract in January mm. for next season. So Messi could still leave. I mean, is older, Busquets is older. Koeman's getting lots of criticism because of their league position. Yeah. So, there's still a long way to go Barca I think this is definitely not the end of it and it's yeah a long transition ahead definitely well you mentioned uh, Kiki Setien earlier and he has been in the news a little bit this week because he gave a we think that Lewoski has been doing interviews with ex-players and, and figures in, in Spanish football he did one with uh, Iniesta with Areta mm. he's done one with he's done one with, a, with he's done interviews with, with a few people and he got around to Kike Setien who I was a bit surprised about because you look at these other guys and they're known as success stories of Spanish football and the guy who you know the, the poor guy Setien he'd been through a really rough time so I was happy to see Del Bosque interviewing him mm-hmm. uh, for El País did we learn anything from this interview or what did you find interesting in this interview yeah I think we learned a lot because Setien is a gentleman and is always quite quiet in and around the group and in and around the media as well like he's not one to reveal a whole lot um, you know sometimes like Zidane it's very difficult to actually know and, and gauge what's actually happening at a club uh, like we knew that Setien was going to struggle going in there because the club wanted Xavi the players wanted Xavi and, and Setien was starting off on a pretty you know uh, in a difficult position so yeah that, it was a great shot to watch Del Bosque and Setien and both of them were agreeing on how difficult it is to manage a group of players mm. like you're you're leaving out players every week you can only start 11 and this sort of thing and Setien was saying to Barcelona like uh, he was basically comparing how good of a time he had at Betis, two yeah. years at Betis, respect, communication, um, really good atmosphere in his dressing room. Mm. Everybody was in moving in the right direction and they wanted the same thing. And he's basically saying to Barcelona, they want everything done yesterday. Yeah. The players only want to win. Um, there's no time to plan. There's no time to communicate. There's no time to kind of stamp your authority. Yeah, that's it. Well, Del Bosque contrasted what Setien was saying. He said, I always had a lot of luck with, with my players, but Del Bosque, he actually almost invited the response to Setien by, by saying, clever. did you have a lot of luck with your players? Yeah, <laughs> Basically, and uh, Del Bosque's a clever guy. Yeah. And uh, he he sort of elicits the question and, and Setien 
says it without saying that he didn't have an awful uh, lot of luck with his players because it is true everywhere he's been he's more or less universally loved to sit in yeah. with the exception of one club he's hard to dislike yeah exactly it's hard to dislike but with the exception of, of, of Barcelona so um, he did talk about Messi and uh, probably one of the only direct questions uh, that was asked him about a specific player was, was Messi he said is he a reserved character and Setien kind of looks at him in a funny way and he's like well he is a reserved character but he's not scared to let you know what he thinks yeah. and there's a few interesting anecdotes about that but dressing room anecdotes as well aren't there yeah yeah he said that I think Messi's the best of all time and that he's difficult to manage but who am I to change him yep and like he said they've accepted Messi as he is for years he's a quiet leader um, he doesn't say much and he, he was basically going into a dressing room dealing with Messi on a day-to-day basis but he said he, he couldn't really communicate with him mm. that he was very very reserved and Messi obviously had his, his entourage of Alba and Suarez and he was obviously communicating everything to those yeah. but not telling anything to, to Setien so he, Setien found that really difficult imagine it's your, it's your club captain Yeah, you, you want him to be between yourself and the team Yeah, you want to be able to go to him Especially when it's Lionel Messi, a player that like you look up to. Yeah. Um. But no, I think Messi obviously felt bigger than Setien, mm-hmm. and um, it was just a, a really tough one. And there was a, an incident at Balaidos when they were playing Celta Vigo. Mm-hmm. Things weren't going well, and Setien was was given his opinion, and whatever whatever way Messi looked at him or whatever, um, it basically it enticed. Setien to say well there's the door Yeah. Uh, if, if, if you don't like what you hear there's the door and then Messi kind of responded with just a smile yeah. and left it at that um, so that was that, that was the, the type of communication or lack of communication between Messi and Setien and, yeah. um, basically yeah who, who are you to tell me to leave yeah. like, this is my club I'm the captain I, I run the place here you're just like a puppet yeah. that kind of selects the team that's the thing so he, he was always walking a, he was always walking a a tightrope with that kind of thing because obviously coming from a position of you'd probably say inferiority in terms of a a career and all that with all these big names there's a certain distance that you probably should have maintained with them and which I think he did do at certain points for example he talks about our our favourite guy Eder Sarabia now Eder Sarabia Setien says I'm not going to be jumping about I'm not going to be saying things to the players because sort of like who am I kind of thing the, the thing is I don't think the solution was sticking out of Sarabia in there to shout at them and to dance about and all that you know I think uh, if you can if those of you remember Eda Sarabia was, was Setien's assistant uh, last year and he was very animated to say the least in the touchline yeah. so Sarabia was by by default an extension of Setien and it looked terrible yeah. it looked terrible when Sarabia was jumping about shouting instructions at, at Messi and things like that and again I'm not sure Sarabia asked himself the same question who am I to be doing this yeah. And that's the angle that the press took and it's probably the angle that the players took as well and I think they lost respect, a little bit of respect from because of that. Yeah, you know? and Sarabi's only a couple of years older than the likes of Pique. Yeah. He's only in his late 30s and he doesn't have a big profile. Doesn't have a Wikipedia page? No. <laughs> I think he might have now. He might have now, yeah. yeah. He's been in the limelight. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Setien was, was talking to Del Bosque and saying that like Sarabi is a great guy and I spoke to the club captains and I said, listen, this is just the way he is. Yeah. He's animated, he lives for it, he's really passionate and their response was, yeah, we, we don't mind having somebody like that that's going to come in and, like, you know, drive us on and push us every day in training. 
and Setien was saying that training has to be like match day it has to be 100 miles an hour mm. and that's why he had Setien alongside him because Setien kind of sits back and, and lets Sarabia do all the pushing and shouting and roaring mm. um, like a lot of managers do they sit back and they let the, the coach take over the session mm. but they yeah it just it didn't really work out with, with Sarabia and then obviously they were sacked and Setien also spoke about knowing he's going to get the sack even before the 8-2 defeat to Bayern Munich in the Champions League he said he takes the blame partly for that result but he said there was a lot more happening in the club and maybe someday in the future I'll be able to, to tell you more to fully, uh, give yeah. information. but at, at, at the minute like all I can say is that I can take some of the responsibility but it wasn't all just me um, he also referred to Michael Jordan's documentary The Last Dance saying that um, he could see something similar in Messi and Jordan yeah. like that kind of um, that kind of side that you don't expect to see basically yeah. you know when you're watching Michael Jordan and you're watching he said he was watching Messi up close and he could see similarities just just so driven just winners and they only see one way the tunnel vision and they don't really want to hear anything else mm. they just want to win yeah. um, and it doesn't really matter who you are um, our, our job is, is to win and that's you know Messi is the best of all time um, so it, w- it would be hard to kind of push him in a different angle. But well, one of the first things Setien says in that interview is, uh, for me, the club's above everything, b- above anyone, above me as manager, above any member of the staff and above the president. And uh, you, again, is that a subtle dig, you know, say that I don't think some other people feel that way. I think some yeah. other people consider themselves to be above the club. Definitely. And um, yeah, it's kind of, it was a really interesting uh chat that they had yeah. but I think he, the conclusion is that he fell in various traps he fell in the same trap I think that Lopetegui and Benitez fell in at, at Real Madrid yeah. is that you were talking about the intensity of training and, and demanding that from people if you talk to people who are kind of in, in, in the know about how these things work at that level of football in Spain with the big two when you get to play with those clubs you don't want intense training sessions the, 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 the players are that good yeah. that they, they, they feel that they don't need it couple of hours few rondos yeah a few rondos just piggy in the middle for yeah for <laughs> and a laugh Marcelo did a few <laughs> a few tricks and flips and stuff that's that's what they want like when Benitez came to Madrid gym. yeah he was telling Ronaldo how to hit free kicks yeah and Ronaldo was turning around yeah what are you talking about yeah and Ramos didn't like Benitez either yeah and it's the same with the Barca players they want a Pep Guardiola or a yeah. Xavi they want someone who's done it at Barcelona yeah. that's from Catalonia yeah. that knows the club inside out that everybody absolutely adores and if you're not that profile good yeah. luck to you yeah but you're so do you think for the same reason Koeman might be kind of like I, I think Koeman's going to be facing a lot of the similar challenges that the Setien's been facing you know he has the background at the club that's true but the he did seem to come in really quite heavy handed at the beginning now I don't know if he's eased off mm. I don't know if you felt that that was just the, the, the response that the, the situation merited because he took over at the worst possible time mm. if you catch him in back to, to the summer do you think he's going to be facing a lot of the similar challenges and do you think he's capable of dealing with them in a way that somebody like Setien maybe maybe wouldn't have been he's definitely got a stronger personality than Setien yeah but it's it's all about results yeah. The results aren't going well for him, so it doesn't matter if he if he doesn't have the bars or if he has the bars of DNA. Yeah. If he if he doesn't have the results, yeah, he's not going to last. Yeah. Um, and I think a new board are going to want to appoint their own guy. Yeah. As well, like Kuman was appointed by Bartomeu. So he's he's like a hangover for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Bartomeu's gone. Kuman sitting there, riding this storm, <laughs> trying his best to stay on board. So I don't know. 
yeah, it's a very hard job. It doesn't matter who goes in. Yeah. But I think for stability, you would want someone like a Xavi that the players adore. Mm. That's a young coach. Cummins and Cummins getting on a bit, you know. Mm. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think long term, if a new board comes in and they're, they're thinking five, ten years, yeah, we need someone who's Barcelona. Um, we need to start again here, and you don't know, you don't know who it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, Pep said recently that his time at Barca is done, which are that's probably just media talk as well. Yeah. So he could even return. That could be his equivalent of uh, every game's a final. Yeah, and if, <laughs> if, and if he doesn't, <laughs> exactly. But if he doesn't win the if he doesn't win the Champions League in Man City, sure, what he's not gonna, he's not gonna want to stay at Man City forever. No, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was surprised he stuck out after they got that, that ban that turned out to be, sort of rescinded and stuff. But mm. he kind of committed uh, at that moment, so I was kind of surprised at that. So I, I don't know how long he'll be, how long he'll be there. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a curious one. I think if Font wins, Victor Font, he's a candidate. I think he's probably, from what I've read and heard, he's most likely to bring in, Chavi. Yeah, I think they're pals and stuff. So and yeah. I don't know. I I I would fancy. I I would fancy if if he wins, I would fancy that to maybe happen. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see how it works. Barca is a democracy, so they need to vote on it. So yeah. yeah, should be interesting. Okay, well, just when you think, or just when you thought the all the transfer stories were over, we've got another one. <laughs> got another one. Condombia to Atletico. Uh, tell us about this. Yeah, another disaster for Valencia. Yeah, it just gets worse week after week for Valencia. They've they've lost their best midfielder. Mm. Um, absolute steal for Atletico as well. Um, from what I've read by several sources, eleven million euro. Uh, for then you've got your add-ons as well and ten percent of future sale. So like it's an incredible deal for Atletico. Mm. They've sold Thomas Partey for fifty million. They're getting him for twenty percent of that, mm. um, and they've got money in the bank. And obviously, Atletico don't have much money because they're paying off their new stadium, COVID as well. Mm. And they said that they wanted to get a player in, and they were chasing Mark Rocca, but he eventually went to Bayern, um, and they, they they were only looking for someone in that that price region. So to get Condogbia for that money is is brilliant. Like he's twenty seven, just yeah. heading for his peak, four year deal. Gonna wear the number four jersey as well, um, and he's joining an Atletico midfield with lots of competition. Like you've got Saul, Coke, Torreira, Torreira as well. Yeah. So there's there's lots happening in there as well. Very very good signing. I think he's a good player. He knows La Liga. He's been at Sevilla, been at Valencia as well, and um, just really strengthens the squad. Simeone's always talking about being competitive, and we're we're competing on every front. We're trying to win the league. We're trying to win the Champions League. So. Mm. Uh, if he is going in for a like-for-like like replacement for Partey you'd expect him to start a lot because last season Partey played second most minutes after Saul mm. uh, for an outfield player the only thing I would say about Condogby is that he's left-footed and so is Saul mm. so I'm not sure how he's going to play them if, maybe if they're in a midfield three with someone else to provide some balance in the middle he could play them but in a midfield two I two centre midfielders both left-footed I'm not sure yeah. if you've got the right balance there but definitely a brilliant addition and for that for that price so good yeah yeah really really good so well we know how Atletico feel about it they'll be happy because they've kept the kept the cost in and they've got who I think has probably been by far and away Valencia's best player so far this season mm. um, how do Valencia feel about it because it just seems to be getting from getting getting worse and worse yeah they'll be they'll be devastated it's, I, I feel really sorry for Valencia fans 
because I think their their goal this year now has just become survival. Yeah. Every other year, it's let's try and get into the Champions League. They were in the Champions League last season, um, and yeah, it's just disastrous. So, I think the the one bright spark that they have, and he scored last weekend against Getafe, is Yunus Musa, mm-hmm. who's a seventeen year old. He's captain England at under eighteen national level, but he was called up this week to play for the US men's national team mm. um, for their upcoming friendly against Wales so he's going to do that um, but because he's not appeared for England in an official FIFA competition his inclusion with the US would not require a one time switch mm. so he'd be able to eventually play with England again uh, means that he's not going to be playing for the US yeah he's not going to be tied down to that yeah because I think he's that good and he's become like a Valencia regular at 17 you'd imagine he'd eventually be called up yeah. for England if he continues on the, the path that he's on. Yeah. Um, but I think at the moment he's probably looking at the England wingers and thinking, I'm not going to get in ahead of, of Jaden Sancho. Yeah. Uh, Jack Grealish as well, that type of player. So he's only 17. So the fact that he can get um, minutes with the US national team, I think he's one kind of shining light that Valencia can look at yeah. at the moment because it's just an awful time there. Um, they're on the same points as Barcelona. <laughs> Um, they're they're in the bottom half they're sitting in 13th so I think if they were to finish around 13th that'll be a very very good season for Valencia yeah well let's just for the last uh, last little bit of the of the show let's have a look at the table because it's you said before we started recording today it hasn't really taken shape I think it's probably safe to say that I mean we we said a few weeks ago we should wait till the 10th game for to take shape, but I still don't think that's going to be the case. I think we need to wait a little bit longer to figure out what's what's going on here. We've got Sofia yeah. that top, but there are a few teams that you'd think. Okay, we know that Sevilla are on a pretty bad run, for example. But yeah. the general feeling is good from them this season, but they're way down. Yeah, they're sixteenth. Yeah, so we, we've worked out Sofia that, but we haven't really worked out anybody else yet. Yeah, yeah, so, very very hard to call. Um, what's really happening? It's. It's up and down. Obviously, Cadiz have started brilliant. They're fifth mm-hmm. um, from having just gotten promoted. Real Madrid second. You'd expect them to be up there. And then Villarreal, we didn't really know what way it was going to go because they, they had a brand new team. Mm-hmm. But they, they seem to have settled and, yep. f- and found some early season form, which is, is really good for Emery. Yep. Atletico will be there or thereabouts. Uh, again, they haven't been beaten in 22 games, Atletico Madrid, in the league. That's, so, that's like Scotland levels of consistency yeah. so pretty pretty consistent there as well um, if Suarez can can continue to score they'll they'll be up there like they're always top three top four yeah whether they can win the league is another question Kondogby's going in there he's not going to be the, the game changer that will win them the league mm. but definitely adds competition I think we. I think both of us are going to flip flap in this thing. I'm just going to call it now. We're going to flip flap on how, yeah. or flip flop. Sorry, not flip flap. We're going to flip flop on <laughs> Atletico this season because it's are are they going to win? Like it's it's just impossible to tell. We're, we're so early. Six and it, games it, in for Atletico. That's it. That's it. And and we're also. It's almost like saying, has it been a good week or a bad week for Barca? It changes all the time. Simeone doesn't even know what his best eleven is yet. Yeah. It's that early. You know what I mean? Condogbia's just gone in there. He's going to have to trial that. How do we play here? Do we play with three in the middle? Do we play with two in the middle? Double pivot or not? They've definitely got an embarrassment of riches in, in the midfield, but up front, I mean, I, I don't know. Like the you, meant, you mentioned Felix is sort of coming in as a, 
a kind of creative force up there but their number nine is probably going to be Suarez Costas definitely Costas fitness isn't yeah yeah he hasn't he hasn't done it for Atletico yeah since coming back um, so yeah they're going to need Suarez to score 15 plus I mean people like Marcus Llorente will chip in with goals but yeah. yeah I think Suarez will be will be the man if, yeah if they are to push the other teams like Real Sociedad Real Madrid mm-hmm. Um, but yeah it's, it's an interesting one via the leader rock bottom they've yeah. only got three points from eight games which is their worst ever start yeah. in the La Liga season so not looking great for them Levante are in the bottom three Levante have a new stadium mm-hmm. which they'll play in the first time uh, this weekend so they will take on Alaves and it looks like a really nice stadium proper modern job um, they spent a few quid on that and I'm watching six streams on Amazon Prime uh-huh. um, really good really good show on on La Liga basically to follow a few different players and, and staff members of clubs in La Liga and to follow Paco Lopez mm-hmm. at Levante and he just comes across as a really great guy and there's a nice scene of him like having tapas with his friends <laughs> in his local village in Valencia and they're, they're all chatting away like oh you've you've beaten Zidane yeah. um, like you've got the most wins in the top flight in the history of Levante so like he's doing really really well there yeah. but they're in the bottom three but again it's so early yeah. um, and Levante have done pretty well like punching above their weight all seasons because mm. Levante are a tiny club Reversion. so I'd, I'd like to see them stay up yeah absolutely yeah it'll be curious to see the new, the new stadium I, I was there in the summer because I go to Valencia every summer I was there and you could see it's, it's the same stadium it's still in Orioles and yeah. there, but they basically they've totally redone the, the entire roof which is good because Last time I went there, it was an early Valencian derby, and they were giving out free caps to protect because there was no roof in the thing. So yeah. they're giving out free caps, and you, everybody got two bottles of water. So it was like that kind of thing. So they're not going to have that issue anymore. Yeah. Which but is it's good. that it's that type of club, isn't it? It's yeah, a family club. Definitely handing out bottles of water and caps. That's what it's all about. Yeah, you've got you've got to walk through a shopping centre to get to the stadium as well. Yeah, it's very yeah. very strange. But um, no, it's nice that they keep the the stay in the area because it's it's only three kilometres away from Mestalla, yeah. Valencia Stadium, and like we've seen Atletico move from the south of Madrid to the north of Madrid, and it's it's not nice when a team leaves their yeah. barrio, like their, yeah. their neighbourhood. Uh, you kind of lose the character and. And, and, and the area kind of itself suffers as well yeah so it's, it's nice that they, they've stayed there definitely yep uh, any games you, you fancy at the weekend just getting the, the fixture list up uh, um, I, I, I called it right last week so I don't really want to call another one and, and recommend the game because it could be crap and I think that's uh, a really bad uh, habit to get into but nevertheless like uh, anything that catches your eye the one that stands out would be Valencia Real Madrid but obviously Valencia aren't the same team that the ones were yeah so you'd expect Madrid to win there at Mestalla Barcelona Real Betis yeah I think it's one. good one as well um, Betis 7th under under Pellegrini mm-hmm. again looking to to find their feet looking to get some form but I think they'll be better this season than, than what they were mm. um, previously uh, Atletico Cadiz you know that's that's not an easy win for, for Atletico no. because Cadiz are, are flying they, yeah. they, they beat Madrid in Madrid so they'll, they'll fancy like nicking a point there as well yeah Hitafe Villarreal, I'm, I'm not sure if that'll go. I, I, my usual recommendation is never watch Hitafe because they're they're not a aesthetically pleasing team. But it'd be interesting to see now that Villarreal are sort of hitting their stride a little bit, or they look to be. Just that is a horrible place to go away to, and and we we've, we've seen a couple of teams that you think are doing well come up against Hitafe and have a really rough time of it. Yeah. They, they managed to ruin Barca's kind of. 
ephemeral feel-good factor that they had, uh, they hammered Betis as well. So yeah. it's one of these ones, now that they are looking like they're taking a little bit of form, what's it going to be like to go away to Hitafi? And if they're wanting to get a top four finish, as you suspect they are, from yeah. everything that the board said uh, up at, up at Biarreal, these are the kind of games where you'll, you'll probably see their character. And for, and for guys like Kubo to, to get a game and show what he's about. Definitely, yeah. Like They're direct rivals, aren't they? Hitafi yeah. and Villarreal. They'll, they'll both be looking to get into... Like Borderlass will be looking to get into the Champions League. Yeah. Because um, they've, they've been so good over the last two years that like why why can't they go again yeah. this year? I, I've got one for the hipsters, though. <laughs> Real Sociedad at home to Granada. Two teams in form. Two teams just um, just fresh from wins in Europe as well. Yeah. Um, taking on each other this weekend. So, yeah, like plenty to look forward to. Um, great week in Europe for Spanish clubs. So I think a lot of these teams will be getting in buzzing um, and looking to keep their form good stuff excellent okay so you've got our recommendations we managed to dance around that question and give you plenty of information as well so that's that, that, <laughs> that's what we should do <laughs> in future watch all the games watch all the games just watch them just uh, forget about your family and your friends just sit at home and watch all the games you'll be fine you'll be fine okay <laughs> so uh, yeah I think that's all we've got time for today uh, thank you for joining us as always and we'll see you again next week adios hasta luego